Loved by God, Church, let us stand and serve Him. May the resurrection of Christ be enthroned within our bodies. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the great privilege of being in this place that your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your holy name. May your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted up to heights that are unreachable for us and destroy all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service, as previously, all the works of devil be cursed, illnesses, poverty, untimely death, demonic possession, all matters of fear, depression, destruction, ignorance, error, all of this, may it depart from the tents of your, of your holy nation. And now stand, O Lord, upon the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might, and may your saints be, be clothed into your salvation and rejoice before your face. Give us more of your spirit, saturate us with your Holy Spirit, allow us to find your great face. We thank you that the service is presented by Apostle Arkady into your holy hands, and we pray, continue to lead it with a mighty arm, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The book of Apostle Paul, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new self created by God in true righteousness and holiness. The right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life. We will be talking about that form of life that we need to live in and that form of life that we are called to clothe our spirit, soul, and body. And to fulfill this decree and commandment written in the book of Apostle Paul and presented to us in the series of sermons of Apostle Arkady, we need to put three destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts into practice. These are put off, be renewed, and put on. And fulfilling these three requirements will determine whether our salvation happens. That is given to us in the format of a seed, which we need to obtain as a possession in the format of the fruit of righteousness. And looking at these three verbs, we have been studying the third, and that is put on. We need to remember that to put on or clothe our body into a new form of, of life is not possible if we don't first, first put off our former way of life, the old man who grows corrupt according to its deceitful lusts. It's not possible to put them off if we don't like specific uh, qualities in our parents or those close to us or our grandparents that we did not like in our forefathers. If those things we don't like, we need to see those things in ourselves and we need to put that to death in ourselves. Because when we see blemishes in another person, that means we have not put off our former way of life. When we put off our former way of life, we will be compassionate to such people and will serve them and not and not uh, request or require 
intern favors, as it were. You do good for me, I will do good for you. Relevant to this, we stop to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David, in which getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the, in the heart of David, consisting of the eight names of God, allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and gave God the legitimate ability to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names in battle against the enemies of David. Psalm 18, 1-4, we will read it. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. And so let us proclaim together the eight names of God. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. And Lord, you are my stronghold. May the Lord hear these words and may he make us worthy of these names and may he establish them within our heart. We have been studying, we already studied the name of God, strength, rock, and have been studying studying the name of God, fortress. After magnifying the word of God within our heart, we then clothe ourselves into the power of the name of God's strength and weigh ourselves upon the scales of righteousness. We then cleanse ourselves from all filth of the flesh and spirit with the abilities contained in the lot of the name of God, rock, only then do we receive the right in Jesus Christ to the lot that is contained in his name fortress so that we can approach him. The name of God, strength, we magnify God. The name of God, rock, we, with this word that we have magnified, we begin to weigh ourselves upon the skills of righteousness and in the name of God, fortress, we have the right to approach God and get to know him because before we magnify the word and then weigh ourselves according to this word, cleansing ourselves from the filth of the flesh and spirit. And in this state, we can then approach him so that we can be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of God, the seeds of the word of God, just as Esther and also other young women who came to the king. There was a preparation state, uh, a time of preparation or a, t- a, a span of time in which they needed to prepare themselves. The name of God Fortress, used in the given prayer psalm as an inherited lot of the Son of God, in whom and by whom a person can approach God so that he can know God and be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven containing the oath promises of God. In Hebrew, the name of God Fortress is identified in Scripture as God's habitation, God's house, God's sanctuary, unapproachable light in which God dwells, the place where man gets to know God, the opportunity to be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven, the atmosphere of the success of God and joy of God, the hope of God and trust of God. All of this speaks of the fact that God reveals himself in the name Fortress. Practically, the fortress of God is a specific place where God abides. 
within the boundaries of which we can know God and be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven. And this place is situated in three unique realms. We, all, we never forget about this. And the first is the, is the heights of the heavens, the sanctuary identifying the body of Christ, the chosen by God remnant, and the heart of man who has a humble and contrite spirit and who trembles before the preached word of God spoken by a person who is clothed into the power of a father and also spoken by the helpers of this person. Therefore, the verb run to or approach God as your fortress contains the opportunities giving man the ability to be fertilized with the seeds of promise belonging to the door of our hope, in the fruit of which God receives the legitimate ability to join the battle for our body so that he can destroy the stronghold of death within our body and forever thrust our old man from out of our body with noise by the armor, trust, and foundation known as the stronghold of death. I've noted for myself here that the method in which God uses, the, the, the method he uses to des, uh, destroy the stronghold of death in our body, he won't be using his his uh, loud voice or he won't speak in a in, in the bass tone, he will be speaking through our fruit. God in his fruit, the fruit of our spirit, receives the ability to join the battle for our bodies. That's why in the beginning I said, we're not just reading the, the, uh, the prepared notes of our pastor Arkady, Because notes can exist also in students and other people, uh, many people. And we need to remember these are not notes and we shouldn't really be referring to them as, we can say, notes. This is labor. This is a, a labor, laborous work. And we need to note specifically that God in the fruit of our spirit, the fruit of our spirit, what will he do with it? He will be able to take it and destroy the stronghold of death in our body. In Hebrew, the phrase to run to or approach God means to approach the altar, commence to know God, enter the sanctuary of God, get closer to God, resort to God's help, finding yourself in the fortress of God, being fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven, grow fruit for God. To approach God in the form of a verb as an act. Therefore, every time God, by the means of the Holy Spirit, allows man to run to or to approach him, then as a result of such contact, we will always have a corresponding fruit in that area in which we approach him. And so, having contact with God or approaching God, will the product of that or result of that will always be a fruit that we will produce. And so when we again have fellowship with him, we uh, will have fruit from that. Considering this, as with the previous names of God, 
we need to note that the presence of the fortress of God in one area of our life does not in any way mean that it is automatically guaranteed to be present in the given name in another area of our life. The Lord, as our fortress, He is in our spirit, establishes Himself in our air soul, and also in our body, and He prepares us so that He can establish uh, this this fortress, this name fortress for our body and every area of our life needs to be uh, won or overcome, conquered. Because our soul consists of our reasonable, it includes our will, includes our emotions and so our emotions that are hurt, that are that are uh, feel maybe belittled, feel low. We, with our renewed mind, with our mind, will begin to speak with our emotions, how we handle our emotions, we speak with our emotions as David spoke to himself. And so the words we then speak are, spe- are words we receive from our spirit. And so every area of uh, of ourselves, we then form into and uh, bring into uh, in accord into accordance with the uh, law of God and commandments of God. And so we need to remove any other strongholds that may exist and place the right information in our mind, so that we can then confess the right things and heal our emotions. Considering this, as with the previous names of God, we need to note that the presence of the fortress of God in one area, as we've noted, does not automatically guarantee it in another area, since according to the statements of Scripture for the presence of the fortress of God, every individual area of our life needs to be brought to proper condition wherever, where the power of God would be able to reproduce the fruit of fortress in this area in the form of, the, of our salvation. Therefore, it is specifically us in every individual area of our essence who are responsible for creating such an atmosphere which would be able to provide God with the legitimate ability to be our fortress. And so we come to church to receive a a response. Our soil is ready every time I come to our pastor with a question. My heart is ready to receive a response. Not to come to him and ask him what his opinion is, but to hear what the Lord speaks through him and do according to that word. And why? Because we are dealing with God here. Lord, you are my fortress, and as we approach God, we approach upon His conditions and not our own. And this is creating an atmosphere. I, My atmosphere is a ready heart, a prepared heart, uh, that is ready to receive and listen to whatever the Lord will speak through our messenger, our pastor. And such an atmosphere called to provide God with the legitimate ability to be our fortress is the good soil of our heart. And for this purpose, just as we studied the previous names of God, uh, we need to study four uh, questions. First, what characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot contained in the name of God fortress? What purpose is our inherited lot contained in the name of God fortress called to fulfill in realizing our salvation? What price do we need to pay so that we can give God the ability to be our fortress? And by what results do we determine that God is truly our fortress in the realization of our calling? And so we have been studying the first question, what characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot contained in the name of God Fortress in the previous services. 
we already looked at six of the components of the characteristics uh, contained in the name of God Fortress and we will look at the seventh identification and the seventh identification of the Fortress of God is of course the fear of the Lord which in the purpose of the wellspring of life distances us from the snares of death Proverbs 14.26 In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence and his children will have a place of refuge for his children he will be a place of refuge who are these children those that are in the fear of the Lord and so identifying God's refuge our fortress means we have fear of the Lord in our life who are the sons of God it is referring to here it is the category of people who are filled with the fear of the Lord and abide within the fear of the Lord representing for them the fortress of God the congregation of people who are called who who call themselves as children of Christ but do not teach the fear of the Lord and are only familiar with it in the form of slogans lose its right to be called the Church of Christ and are subject to absolute destruction from the midst of the Church of Christ and so those we can't call them services of God these congregations these congregations who speak about the Lord but there's no fear of the Lord present the scriptures say that all of this will be destroyed all of these crowds and all of these gatherings and peoples will be destroyed from among the nation of God because within the body there has to be fear of the Lord and so the fear that exists in religion also exists in the world in the world there is an innumerable amount of true fear and various various phobias but all of these forms of fear are incomparable to the unearthly form of fear which comes from the ruling all-crushing and awesome name of the Most High which is found within all of the existing names of God called to be the lot of our inheritance in Jesus Christ and in part in the name of God Fortress this is the reason scripture offers triumphant overcoming of fear over the enemy hell death and his judgment this is God's judgment because people are afraid of God's judgment so you overcome the fear over the enemy hell death and God's judgment and how do you overcome it you overcome it overcome this fear from the enemy hell death and God's judgment within the name of the fear of the Lord which is found in the fortress of God and so to be again delivered from fear before the great day of judgment you need to come to him in the name of God as his fear fear of the Lord which is in the fortress of God and so this is an atmosphere that you form within yourself and this atmosphere then allows allows you to overcome to dull the feeling of fear a person collaborating with the deceptive powers of darkness has invented and continues to invent various forms of either personal act of sacrifice 
of so-called good works and evangelism or various forms of entertainment distracting and intoxicating his mind. A person who is taught the fear of the Lord and who knows the fear of the Lord present within the fortress of God rises above all forms of fear and is freed or liberated from all forms of fear. Considering this, we need to note that the measure or extent a person fills himself with the fear of the Lord is equal to the measure or extent he will become free of all of the types of earthly fear and personal phobias. And so as our pastor says, if you imagine this is the fear of the Lord, the water and the uh, the empty space is phobias. Being afraid of heights, being afraid whatever fear it may be and phobia. Of course, there's a natural fear in in dangerous situations, maybe physical dangers for your body, but we're talking about phobias that really are without reason and really there's no basis for them, but they're there, they exist, these phobias. You need to fill yourself with the fear of the Lord and these things will be, uh, you'll be able to rid yourself of these things. This is because your legitimate relationship with the fear of the Lord will determine your legitimate relationship with the fortress of God. Therefore, to be filled with the fear of the Lord and discover yourself in the fortress of God, it is necessary to establish the price that is contained in the written word. What price do I need to pay so that I can have the fear of the Lord? We will talk about it now so that we know how to pay the appropriate price, what this price is, to have this fear of the Lord first. The first, uh, first, the fear of the Lord leading us into the fortress of God is obtained by the price we need to pay for the right to have our heart become a place of God's dwelling. Isaiah 33, 6 Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord, is His treasure. And so this treasure the fear of the Lord, this treasure is the fear of the Lord and it needs to be in your heart. This is one of the greatest forms of treasure. This is one of the prophecies identifying the place of God's abiding and the place where the fear of the Lord is called to become the treasure of our heart, giving us the legitimate ability to make God our fortress. And so this is the this place this is the house of God, the church of God. And so to obtain again the fear of the Lord, it is necessary to have a place. And this is the price we're talking about to find this place. And so I, all of us, we pay the appropriate price to be upon this place so that we can be clothed into the power of the fear of the Lord. Because fear is within a specific place. A person can't without the appropriate place where the fear of the Lord is to have fear of the Lord in his heart. He can't without this place. And so let us look at Jacob and how he began to possess the fear of the Lord in himself. How did it appear in himself? This happened when God met him in a specific place, Bethel, the house of God. And he was clothed into God's fear and this fear then became the atmosphere of his heart. Out of the church of God, or a church that we elect for, for ourselves, we cannot have God's fear, but a church where we pay a price 
and to be there, the true church, this is the price that is the, uh, of obtaining uh, the fear of the Lord. If you remember, Jacob ran from the wrath of his brother because Jacob received the blessing from his father Isaac. Uh, he went in and he received the blessing of the, the birthright blessing that was supposed to go to Esau and his brother Esau became angry, wanted to kill him and Esau uh, vowed that he would kill him after the death of, of Isaac. And so after the blessing he received from Isaac, he ran away to Haran. And when he was going to Haran, he stopped in a specific location. He laid down, he laid his head to rest, and he put a stone there, and he saw a dream. Uh, and the dream had a ladder, which uh, was connecting the heavens with the earth, and angels were descending and ascending upon this ladder. And the Lord was upon this ladder at the top, and he says that the land upon which he is on is will be given to him, and he will give him, or pro he will fulfill that promise he gave him. And when Jacob woke up, it's written in Genesis, Jacob said, truly the Lord is upon this place, and I did not know. Assuredly he is here. And he then said, how awesome is this place? This is God's house. These are the gates of heaven. When did he become, a f uh, when did he receive this fear, obtain this fear? He said, this is where the fear of the Lord is. And this is the place of God's house. And he called this name Bethel. And Bethel is the house of God. That's the meaning of it. Let us look at eight uh, identifiers of God's house where the atmosphere of God's fear is. It's important that in the church there be an atmosphere of God's fear, the fear of the Lord. There was a person who was not very close to God, came to a church where they were shouting and screaming and hopping and, and chewing gum, and they were so uh, disorderly within the church. But he said when he came to our church, he sensed a very different atmosphere here. He sensed that fear of the Lord. But in that service, he He, uh, he, he, what he experienced was absolute rebellion and as it were, it, it sensed like as if a rebellion was taking place or just uh, a incredible disorder that was taking place. And so let us look at these eight elements where the fear of the Lord uh, within the life of Jacob. And these will be applied to us and to the church And so if there is, if I'm in a place where the fear of the Lord is absent, then that means there will be an absence of the fear of the Lord within my heart as well. First, according to the vision of Jacob, the house of God on earth in the form of our fortress, the house of God on earth is the church in the form of our fortress, 
is the place of God's dwelling and the house of God. Second, the house of God on earth in the form of our fortress are the gates that lead to heaven into the presence of God himself. Third, the house of God on earth in the form of our fortress is the ladder of developing or perfecting oneself in the knowledge of God. We're talking about the characteristics. Someone asks you, asks you, what are the characteristics of the place where the fear of the Lord is? Because if it, I'm not in that place, my heart won't have this fear. And so this patriarch, he saw all of these characteristics. And so again, this ladder that will allow us to develop ourselves or perfect ourselves in knowledge of God and not in practicing of spiritual gifts or rebuking demons or evangelism. I, or as you could see the statements, uh, I see myself in stadiums. But we, in even our secret room or within the church or within a morning prayer or wherever it may be, we are perfecting oneself. We develop ourselves in the knowledge of God and not practicing of spiritual gifts. Fourth, the house of God on earth in the form of our fortress is the place of peacefulness and place of rest where your strength is replenished or restored. Every time we come to church, we obtain, we replenish our energy, we receive the word of God because the fear of the Lord is present. Fifth, what did Jacob see? The house of God on earth in the form of our fortress is the place of refuge from Esau in the form of our sinful nature. We come here not to show ourselves or to uh, pride ourselves above another or somehow walk uh, in arrogance over another. It's to have refuge from our sinful nature. And so we come here to we be better so that we be healed, we receive healing so that we improve ourselves and to get to know God and to uh, run from the face of Esau to this place. Sixth, Jacob continues to help us identify the church of God, the house of God, where the fear of the Lord, the atmosphere of the fear of the Lord is present. Sixth, the house of God on earth in the form of our fortress is the place of the revelation of our purpose or our destiny in God. There the Lord through his word uh, in his, he spoke that the place where you are, he, he was laying upon a stone, this will be a house of God. How many places do you know that actually teach these things? I don't know personally any. There may be some that are maybe in other languages that I, we don't know, but our purpose, the purpose that God showed Jacob, this place where you lay your body, this word that I have given you, it will be fulfilled for you, for your body. The house of God on earth in the form of our fortress is the place where God vows to be our helper in fulfilling our calling. And eighth, the house of God on earth in the form of our fortress is the place where we are called to proclaim the vows we have given or made to God. So that God can do that good which he spoke about Jacob and so that the fear of the Lord present upon the place of the fortress of God become his treasure, it was necessary for Jacob to make God a vow that he will honor God with his tithes. Genesis 28, 20-22 Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me 
and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the, then the Lord shall be my God and this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house and of all that you give me I will surely give a tenth to you. And so we conclude here that those churches that ignore the service of offering God our tithes, uh, your tithes, there is no fear of the Lord. And so all of those that are in the church, without the, with the exception of maybe a few, don't possess that fear of the Lord. Maybe a few do. Those that God will pull out uh, in time from these synagogues. And so that's the first price. If anyone asks you, uh, did you pay the price to have the fear of the Lord in your heart? Yes. My presence in this church, my presence in this church means I'm paying the price. I'm in this place so that the fear of the Lord would abide in my heart. And this allows me to, in the fear of the Lord, uh, to approach God so that I can be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven, so that I can receive a seed, so that I can receive the seed and f- grow the fruit, so that the Lord then, using the fruit that I will grow, would be able to drive away death from my body. Second, the fear of the Lord leading us into the fortress of God is obtained by the price of listening to the word of God. Deuteronomy 4.10 The Lord said to Moses, Gather the people to me, and I will let them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me in all the days they live on earth, and that they may teach their children. The price which we are called to pay for listening to the word of God consists in our paying for learning, our payment for learning, which is our reverence and humility demonstrated in our readiness to immediately and strictly do or fulfill what we hear or the heard word. Luke 8, 18, Therefore take heed how you hear, for whoever has to him more will be given, and whoever does not have even what he seems to have will be taken from him. And so to hear, and to take heed how you hear, we need to first ask the question who you're hearing and be assured that the place where you are is Bethel, the house of God. Is the fear of God present there? Is there a ladder? Is the Lord there that speaks to me about his promises, the vows he made to our fathers? Can I honor him and demonstrate my love to him? And so now that I have assured myself and I have now concluded that the person that I listen to is God's person, now we need to ask how we hear, we should hear or listen to him. And so when I was, you know, in my, in my previous days when I had decided I will come here, I heard, uh, I heard the pastor speaking and I understood that with my heart that this was from God and I wanted to stay here and I had to then understand how I need to hear and how I need to obey after that. And so this is a price of learning that we need to pay. And so the one who pays the price for learning will be given more and who does not pay the price, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. 
знаете о том и о другом. А реальная валюта, вот реальная валюта в кошельке, чтобы не мечтать, это всегда ученика. And so when we're talking about currency in this format, we're talking about the price of a student or the price of, um, and as we've studied before, the I-salve is an example, honoring God with our tithes and offerings and our reverence and humility, the readiness to immediately fulfill what we hear from God. This is the price of a student. Sometimes we honor God with our tithes and offerings. Uh, but our heart also needs to be ready to fulfill the will of God if we honor him with our money but our heart is not corresponding to this not in line with what we're doing <clears throat> then uh, they need to be they need to work together and need your heart needs to be ready to immediately fulfill what you hear and this will then indicate the fact that you have the fear of the Lord in your heart third the fear of the Lord leading us into the fortress of God is obtained by the price of making a covenant with God. Malachi 2.5 My covenant was with him, one of life and peace. And I gave them to him that he might fear me, so that he feared me and was reverent before my name. The price which we are called to pay to make a covenant with God, containing the fear of the Lord leading us into the fortress of God, is demonstrated in our dedication and this is the refusal or to refuse to represent our own interests for the benefit of the interests of God and in this way we keep our our covenant the covenant of life and peace we refuse our personal interests for the benefit of the interests of God and we pray pay this price <coughs> We make a covenant with God, a covenant of peace with God, and this covenant of peace is made when a person begins to produce fruits of righteousness. When mercy and truth will come together, then will righteousness and peace come together. And so these, this covenant of peace and so when we grow righteousness within our heart, our pastor explains this. We need that mercy first <clears throat> meet with the truth. And so we can receive then justification freely in Jesus Christ. And properly receive justification, we then receive the seed of the righteousness of God and grow this seed into fruit. And this justification will bear fruits of righteousness. And then righteousness and peace will kiss. This is that covenant of peace. The covenant of life in peace so that the seed he receives in justification freely, he grows it into fruits of righteousness. And the grown fruit of righteousness means that you have the covenant of peace. And we have the covenant of peace so we can have the fear of the Lord. In justification, the fear of the Lord is given in the form of a seed. And it opens up and is reveals all of its potential in the works of righteousness. We receive everything in, see, in the format of a seed. And we need to create an atmosphere of the fear of the Lord. And so, <clears throat> to create this atmosphere of the fear of the Lord, we need to have this covenant of peace 
and to have the covenant of peace, we need to have the fruit of righteousness, which is demonstrated in our readiness and preparedness to receive and fulfill the word that we hear. And so this is our obedience. What is the fruit of righteousness? This is our relationship with the word of God and obedience to it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And so this was the third. We're talking about the price that we need to pay. And so fourth, the fear of the Lord leading us into the fortress of God is obtained by the price we are called to pay to receive and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 11, 1 through 3. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rust upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. <clears throat> the price which we are called to pay to be filled with the Holy Spirit in the form of being dependent upon the Holy Spirit is satisfying the spirit and letter of the law of Moses. <clears throat> and so being dependent upon the Holy Spirit is when we have the ability to satisfy both the spirit and letter of the law of Moses, of the Word of God. <clears throat> Not just the letter alone, because religion, different types of religion, try to satisfy the, the letter only, but not the spirit. But we need to satisfy both the spirit and the letter of the law of Moses. And who can do that? <clears throat> Rebecca was able to do this, Genesis 24, 10 through 14. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. <clears throat> ten of his ten camels. This is the the commandments. <clears throat> and he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. <clears throat> and she says, drink. And so when she says to drink, this is to uh, quench or satisfy the spirit of the law. And I will also give, this because he represents the Holy Spirit, and I will also give your camels a drink. Ten camels, the law, satisfying the letter, the word of the law. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac, and by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And so to be able to let down your pitcher, you need to have a humble and contrite spirit. And he says, when I, he says, when I ask her to drink, she says, take and drink. This is the Holy Spirit that will be satisfied, and then your camels 
This is then the word of the law, the letter of the law that also is satisfied with the ten camels. Fifth, the fear of the Lord leading us into the fortress of God is obtained by the price we need to pay for the right to the revelations of the judgments of the Lord. Revelations 15.4 Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, for all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. And of course, when the judgments of the Lord have been manifested, who will not fear him? The price which we are called to pay for the right to the, re- to the revelations of the judgments of the Lord is the decision to judge yourself in accordance with the commandments of God, which are the judgments of God. 1 Corinthians 11.31 For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. And so why do we judge ourselves? We, we judge ourselves so that we can demonstrate before God that we fear Him. Having the presence of the fear of the Lord means we judge ourselves so we not be condemned with the world. 1 Kings 3.28 And all Israel heard of the judgments which the king had rendered, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. And so when specific judgments of God are made, then the fear of the Lord arises. And so there are also examples of people who did not want to judge themselves. Acts 5.5 Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. For great fear could could have not come upon all those who, who heard these things. But he sold the land he had. He hid some of the money, but came and brought some and said, I am giving everything to the Lord. And he with his wife decided we will hide a certain amount for a day maybe we need it. And Peter told him, was this amount not all in your hands? Why did you allow Satan to put this deception, this this thought in your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? You did not lie to me, you lied to the Holy Spirit. And so, why did Ananias die? Because in his heart, he did not have the fear of the Lord. And when this judgment was made, the fear of the Lord then came upon all those who heard these things. Let us remember we need to uh, judge ourselves so that we not be judged as Ananias was judged. We judge ourselves according to Scripture, and this means that in our heart we have the atmosphere of the fear of the Lord. Sixth, we're talking about the price that we need to pay for the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord leading us into the fortress of God is obtained by the price we need to pay for humility, which is produced by gentleness or meekness. Proverbs 22.4, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Humility that does not come from gentleness is simple cowardness. And so, Humility can be a form of simple cowardness because it does not come from gentleness. Sometimes you say, well, oh, they're such a humble person, so quiet, so humble. 
but it could be just a coward person, a carnal, coward person, because humility needs to come from gentleness, and the kind that does not come from gentleness is simple cowardness and a shameful rejection of your own sovereign rights. At the same time, humility coming from gentleness is victory over cowardness and preserving your sovereign rights. There's a significant difference between when God humbles a man and when a man humbles himself, presenting the members of his body as slaves of righteousness for holy works. Let us bring forth an example. In what way are we to humble ourselves? And there is a big difference between when we humble ourselves and when God humbles us. Pastor has shown us that when God begins to judge people in the church or when a person judges himself in accordance to the written word. And so when we humble, and, we, the, and so the previous we talked about judging ourselves, and now we're talking about humbling ourselves. Philippians 2, 8, 9, the price, how can we purchase the fear of the Lord? We need to humble ourselves before the face of the Lord. He humbled himself. This is about Jesus. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. He humbled himself. God only humbles a man when a man clothes himself into the garments of arrogance and impunity, as he did with Nebuchadnezzar, if you remember. Daniel 4.37 when the Lord had humbled Nebuchadnezzar, <clears throat> now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of Heaven, all whose works are truth, and his ways justice, and those who walk in pride he is able to put down. He has stated these words in humility, and the Lord needed to humble Nebuchadnezzar. But Jesus showed us a different example of being able to humble yourself. And so there is myrrh, and so to anoint people, to uh, priests, to serve, you needed a special type of myrrh. And it was a, a type of myrrh that would come Uh, pretty much flow out of the trunk or out of the uh, stem of the tree, uh, as it were, the trunk by itself, not one that you derive from it, but one that flowed over and onto the top of the the trunk uh, that pours out by itself. This is the kind that you gather, and that's the kind you needed to use uh, this myrrh uh, to anoint the priests. And so it's beautiful when one humbles himself or when the messenger of God also can humble uh, someone. Seventh, the fear of the Lord leading us into the fortress of God is obtained by paying the price to demonstrate an active or working form of faith. This is the price again to obtain the fear of the Lord, James 2.19.20. You believe that there is one God, you do well, even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? And so many modern uh, preachers 
say say that James tried to uh, that James tried to always push people toward the law instead of of the spirit. Apostle James, the brother of Jesus Christ, he never tried to push people into the works of the law. But this is the kind of interpretations you will hear. He was talking about the works of faith that there are dead works and there are the works of God. There's dead faith and there's living faith. Dead faith is demonic faith that in no way can be used as a price for obtaining the fear of the Lord. It is necessary to be definitively confident about what works of faith it is referring to. This uh, brother of of Jesus, his brother James, the disciple referring and so again what kind of faith is it referring to otherwise we will create a mess where our works will then be examined in judgment at the great white throne the price which we are called to pay for the right to demonstrate an active or working faith consists in our ability to differentiate differentiate the voice of god from other voices and then obeying the word which god speaks by all of the accessible to him means As you know in scripture it says what works are we to do to do the works of the uh, of god and jesus talked about this and it wasn't referring to the works of the law because it is a dead faith but the works of righteousness the work the righteous works that you are to do john 10 2 through 5 but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and lead them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will no, or by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know, they do not know his voice or the voice of the strangers. And so, saints in the form of these sheep, they know the voice of their shepherd. And how do they determine his voice? They never follow other voices because they can tell the difference between them. And we know then whether we pay a price. If we chase others and we following and going after other people, listening to them all the time, that means we're not paying the price to have the fear of the Lord in our heart because you need to follow a person whom God will send you. Eighth, the fear of the Lord leading us into the fortress of God is obtained by paying the price for the right to have the ark abide in your heart. Second Samuel 6, 8, 9 And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called the name of that place Perez Uzzah. To this day, David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? According to this place of scripture, the price for the right to have the ark abide within your heart is following the implemented by God order. David did not follow God's order. You needed to put the ark in his, you need to build your heart into ark of the Lord. And he became afraid when uh, God struck Uzzah because they put the ark upon a a chariot, and or it were as a wagon or a chariot, and he, they had brought it to a specific place, and the ark began to fall over, and 
uh, and Uza tried to come and support the Ark or try to lift it up. And so when he was trying to do this or attempting to do this, uh, God struck him for the audacity, because this was audacity. And the scriptures say that he became afraid in that day and asked, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? And he then went into the books and began to research how you need to properly bring the ark into Jerusalem. And it you needed to put it upon the shoulders of the priests and not ride it in. First Chronicles 15, 11 through 15. And David called for Zadok and Abathar the priests and for the, and for the Levites, for Uriel, Isaiah, Joel, and Shemaiah. He said to them, You are the heads of the fathers' houses of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel to the place I have prepar- prepared for it. For because you did not do it the first time, the Lord our God broke out against us because we did not consult him about the proper order. So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel, and the children of the Levites bore the ark of, of God on their shoulders by its poles, as Moses had commanded according to the word of the Lord. This is how it was supposed to be brought, upon the shoulders and uh, lifting it up by the poles, and in no other way. And so how do we bring the ark into our heart? How do we build our heart into God's ark? And so sometimes uh, we try to correct the words of a pastor, our pastor, and it seems as if they're just, uh, uh, we're either trying to do a, f- uh, do a favor or maybe trying to, uh, in some form of kindness, try to do something, correcting something, but it wasn't necessary or isn't necessary because sometimes God is giving him a very specific definition on something that doesn't need to be, for example, as the virus, where you were hearing that, oh, this is the Masons, these are Satanists. As you, there was a video that was showing of an elder, an elder person was sitting at a table in his kitchen talking about how everything was done by the Masons. Our pastor clearly has identified and explained how a lot of these organizations work uh, and all these clubs and, and Satanists, how they work on earth and what they, what they do. But I never hear him explaining specifically what these groups do. He talks about what God wants and what God does and how he works. And a lot of these events that take place, they, God stands behind these things. So we need to remember that we 
need not support or to to uh, try to uh, help lift the ark of God in some way or try to help and assist in some way. It is not necessary. This was the price. And now question four. By what results can we judge that we truly have or are filled with the fear of the Lord? If the fear of the fallen cherubim is a harvest and vengeance for violating the commandments of the Lord, then the fear of the Lord is a reward in the form of undiminishing treasure to which a person has a right when he follows the commandments of the Lord. First sign of being filled with the fear of the Lord as a result of us abiding in the fortress of God will be demonstrated in giving God the treasure that contains our heart. We're identifying, we're determining whether we have the fear of the Lord in our heart. Are we able to give what our heart is in or contains? Genesis 22, 12. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. This was Abraham. The Lord needed to examine him to see if he has the fear of the Lord and whether he fears him. Because he says, I know that you have the fear of God since you have not withheld your son. And so his treasure, Abraham's treasure, was in his son. And God required a son. He requested his son. If you remember, he got he woke up in the morning and he went to the mountain where God had appointed that he go, and he did not stop him on his way up the mountain. He did not stop him when he laid the the wood. He did not stop Abraham when he created the altar so that he could bring the offering. He did not stop Abraham when he bound his son. He did not stop him when he placed him, he laid him upon the altar. He only stopped him when Abraham already took the knife to kill his son. And so we need to remember until we actually take that knife, then the fear of the Lord is not yet in our heart. We need to take that knife. If you remember, it says, I saw in heaven and there was a horse, white horse, and and the one sitting upon it, there was one who sat upon it who had a sword, a two-edged sword coming from his mouth. And so, for in Abraham's instance, it came to all the way up to where he already lifted that knife where God saw that he was going to go through with it for him. And this was evidence that he had fear, uh, the fear of the Lord. And so our treasure is not just in our son. The scriptures uh, identify where the treasure, our treasure could be. Luke 12, 33, 34. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourself money bags which do not grow old. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where do where no chief, no, where no, no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. 
the essence of the treasure is that our heart is placed there and the place where your heart is becomes then our worship and our God. Deuteronomy 11.16 Take heed to yourself lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And so all the idols that the world worships Christians also often will worship these idols that are in the world. We need to understand we need not have any other idols. Our idols can also be our parents, can be our children. Matthew 10, 37, 38. He who loves loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves the son or the daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. This was the first sign by which we can determine that we have the fear of the Lord is the way uh, seeing where our treasure is, where our heart is. Second sign of being filled with the fear of the Lord as a result of us abiding in the fortress of God will be demonstrated in our reverence before the face of God. Ecclesiastes 8.12 Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged, yet I surely know that it will be well with those who fear God, who fear before Him. In the future, the possessor of the fear of the Lord is promised a reward, but in the present, the 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 vivid testimony that we are filled with the fear of the Lord is our reverence before God. It is specifically this category of saints who are called to be the fortress of God and the Sabbath of God, bringing or delivering rest to God's heart. Isaiah 66, 1-2 Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build for me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those who... things my hand has made and all those things exist says the Lord but on this one will I look on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word third sign of being filled with the fear of the Lord as a result of us abiding in the fortress of God will be demonstrated in us being known on earth in heaven and in hell Acts 19 13 through 17 then some of the Iterant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Fame that does not magnify the name of Jesus, but instead magnifies our name, is a wicked or perverse fame which testifies of an absence of the fear of the Lord. When we magnify ourselves instead of Jesus, this is a perverse or wicked fame which testifies of an absence of the fear of the Lord and a complete ignorance of the lot consisting in the fortress of God. Ephesians 3.10 To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, and it becomes known through the church. Upon the condition, if upon this place there is the fear of the Lord, or there are saints in whose hearts 
there's an ark of God, if we have put the ark of God in the heart, if we have built our heart into a ark of God, we began our building by coming to the church not as inspectors or controllers but as students to receive the word, the revelations uh, for ourselves and it becomes known through the through the church if you remember what the cherubim uh, did they with the wings covered the ark and their faces were directed toward the ark when they were over the ark why were they facing the ark why were they covering because God's wisdom was there the heart that builds itself into an ark of God is able to then uh, be demonstrated before the angels whom God is or how he is or a heart that has the fear of the Lord is that atmosphere where the angelical hosts are able to know that many forms of God's goodness God's wisdom fourth sign of being filled with the fear of the Lord as a result of us abiding in the fortress of God will be demonstrated in our readiness to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees Matthew 16 6 then Jesus said to them take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees And so, leaven of the Pharisees is demonstrated in ascetism. At the same time, the leaven of the Sadducees is demonstrated in all permissiveness. The category of people who are filled with the fear of the Lord are saints who are between a hammer and anvil, which is testimony of them that they are within the fortress of God and their heart is open to be fertilized with the seed of righteousness. And so the Pharisees and Sadducees were then and today very clearly all of these things are uh, are seen again. This entire atmosphere that was in the Roman Empire and the way that things were in Israel and the Sadducees and Pharisees that were and the hooligan charismatic services and dead faith and people sleeping in the churches today this is very very evident and very clear and why it's because it's time for Christ to return and all are taking their place Uh, fifth sign of being filled with the fear of the Lord as a result of us abiding in the fortress of God will be demonstrated in our readiness to beware of false prophets dressed in sheep's clothing. Matthew 7.15 Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. And so, these false prophets, the characteristics uh, of the false prophet are they make themselves prophets give out the fantasies or desires of their heart as if they are the voice of God, steal words from other prophets and present them as their own, do not obey legitimate prophets, ensnare souls into their own nets of greed and cause division contrary to the teaching of Jesus Christ. 
these are the kinds of false prophets that come in sheep's clothing. Today the churches are filled with such people. Sixth sign of being filled with the fear of the Lord as a result of us abiding in the fortress of God will be demonstrated in our liberty in Christ not being used as an opportunity for the flesh. <clears throat> Galatians 5, 13 4, th- through 15. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this you shall love your neighbor as yourself, but if you bite you and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. To beware in our relationship with our neighbor means to control your mouth, not use this relationship or your position to control and accuse your neighbor and not place him in an uncomfortable for him position. First Peter 5.5 5, Likewise, you, your, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. In the given situation, to be submissive to one another means, first, not violate or infringe upon the sovereign rights of one another, and second, forgive one another if anyone has a complaint against another. This is what it means to be submissive to one another. As it says, obey the pastors and be submissive to one another. And so, for the pastors not violate or infringe upon the rights of of the sovereign person and that we do that to each other as well. And seventh sign of being filled with the fear of the Lord as a result of us abiding in the fortress of God will be demonstrated in watching and keeping your garments so that you do not end up naked. Uh, Revelation 16:15. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And so this nakedness is an absence of the fear of the Lord. And an absence of the fear of the Lord speaks of the absence of the garments of righteousness. The nakedness it's referring to is an absence of, of the righteousness of God the garments of the righteousness of God and the scriptures see this person as naked. If you don't have the fear of the Lord, uh, the scriptures uh, describe this person then as a naked person or portrays this person. And so we may physically be clothed, we may be dressed, but it's the scriptures see it differently. They don't see the suit that you're wearing they, the scriptures look, uh, God looks through his son and the glory that is supposed to clothe us and it clothes us when we have the garments of righteousness and the garments of righteousness is when we have the presence of fear and we have, the, have to have the presence of fear in our heart and we, it can only be in our heart if we're upon the place where the fear of the Lord is present and a sign and we will pray of being filled with the fear of the Lord as a result of us abiding in the fortress of God is having the grace of God and an acceptable administration of the grace of God. Again, to receive it and administer it properly. Hebrews 12, 28, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. (laughs) 
Grace is given to us by God so that our service to God can be acceptable and such acceptability in serving God is demonstrated in reverence and fear which testifies of the fact that we are within the fortress of God. Receiving into yourself a kingdom which cannot be shaken means be filled with the grace of God or be with the fe- within the fear of the Lord, giving knowledge and the ability to acceptably serve God in the fortress of God. The fear of the Lord is a demonstration of the grace of God consisting in the order of the kingdom which cannot be shaken, where all circles or orbits around the spirit and not the flesh. Descent into or movement toward the flesh is the attempt to convert blessings purpose for the spirit into blessings for the flesh. We need to well clarify that if flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor can corruption inherit incorruption, then to use grace for the purpose of serving the flesh means to return to the kingdom of corruption. And so we don't utilize grace to serve the flesh, we use our body to serve God. We don't use God to serve our body or our flesh, but we present our body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable for our good service. We had the great privilege to hear this word. May the Lord bless us in this prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, We thank you that you have given us the ability today to magnify your word in your name, strength. We thank you for the great privilege that upon this place where the fear of the Lord is present, you have allowed us to weigh ourselves upon the scales of righteousness, upon the scales of your justice, by the means of your word and commandments, so that we be free from all the filth of the flesh and spirit, so that we can approach you in the atmosphere of the fear of the Lord, so that we can receive the word that you have prepared for us, receive it into our heart and produce fruit, and in the fruit you then receive the ability and power to thrust out the old man from within our body with noise. We thank you that you will throw out and thrust out the old man, not infringing upon our sovereign rights. You will be doing it together with us and you will be doing it through us by the means of the fruit that we have grown in Jesus and with Jesus in his death and his resurrection. We thank you, Lord, for the power that is in the blood and the cross of Christ. We thank you for the atmosphere where we can approach you and we thank you for the place where your fear is present. We have known that this place is awesome because you are upon this place. We thank you that the word that we have put today at our head as our as a, as the place of where we're resting, we've seen this ladder where the angels uh, descend and ascend, the word of God that is revealed in our heart and for our renewed mind. We hear you who speaks in us. We thank you and we today pour out oil upon this stone. We receive this word and we're ready to fulfill your word. And we thank you that today we can keep this remembrance. We can keep in memory the things you have promised 
and promised it for the land upon which where we dwell upon the place that we are and you said you will fulfill the things you've promised and we today Lord continue to refresh this thinking in us honoring you with our tithes and our offerings so that you can remember the covenant that you had vowed to Abraham Isaac and Jacob you swore it which you had given to Abraham that you vowed and you gave it as a law as a commandment to Jacob and in Israel you allowed us to follow these commandments thank you that we can remember what you said in the in your fear the fear of the Lord and we pay the great price and we humble ourselves before your word we tremble before your word and we're ready to fulfill what you command through the person whom you've sent you say take heed how you hear and we come here with a ready heart with a prepared heart we come to this place not to correct the Ark of the Covenant we come to this place to bring in the Ark of the Covenant and fill our heart with the atmosphere of the fear of the Lord and for this reason allow us to bring in this fear of the Lord into our heart allow us to look according to your word look at your word and in accordance to your word how we need to treat and be have a relationship with those who carry your mysteries who carry the word the ones who are able to open up your word and reveal this word and you look at us by how we what our relationship is like with them and so the word that we that you have given him we have the privilege to read today and we receive him and we clothe ourselves into the power clothe ourselves into the revelations of the word we have heard today and we clothe ourselves into the atmosphere of the fear of the Lord we pray that you reveal yourself in your judgments but before you reveal yourself in your judgments on this earth you said that the time of judgment will begin with the house of God but before this judgment begins in the from the house of the Lord allow us first to humble ourselves before your word humble ourselves before your holy face we don't want that you humble us allow us to learn to humble ourselves before your word as your son did even to the death the death of the cross and when we will humble ourselves before this word and have humbled ourselves <clears throat> now we want that you show yourself in your judgments that the earth be humbled before the great name of God so that the church wake up before your might and your greatness of your word and the Holy Spirit and so we keep ourselves within your atmosphere of your fear humbling ourselves before your words and if you find it needed to humble us to correct us this also will be a great oil a better oil for us for our head and may we obtain mercy before your sight if we think that we were not correctly uh, put in our place or maybe that we have not been correct 
uh, corrected in deserving, but we there are things that we may hide, uh, things that we have in ourselves, secrets or things that we hide. We will apply the correction to the right areas that we need to fix within ourselves. We will never point our fingers to the messenger whom you have given, and we will apply the correction to the right areas that are within us to be able to fix them. Because you want to fill those areas with your fear as well. Allow us to humble ourselves before you so that every area of our essence would be able to be filled with the resurrection of Christ. We thank you that today you make your church known on earth because we want to make you known your holy name your word and your holy spirit we want to make you that upon this place in our heart the fear of the lord may abide and for this we are ready to give to you anything that contains our heart where our treasure is we want that the fear of the Lord become the treasure of our heart and so nothing or anyone will ever be able to take you from us you are our true treasure and we demonstrate this in the atmosphere of the fear of the Lord in our heart we thank you for our parents for our children we thank you for the great privilege to live here to be able to drive on cars to be able to have all of the things the goodness and blessing that you give us you care for us you're generous and we thank you for this but our treasure is in you our treasure is in heaven where we are waiting we're waiting from this place we're waiting for the Lord you are our reward your holy face is our reward and we for the sake of this reward looking to see your face to tra- be transformed into the into your image are ready to be clothed into the power of the fear of the Lord <clears throat> may the atmosphere of the fear of the Lord be the possession of our heart we pray and we thank you for the place where your fear is present thank you for this word you've passed on to us from your person we thank you for our pastor brother Arkady we thank you for the treasure that was in his heart you've made it accessible to us through your preached word we believe that in this man of God there is enough truth that you would still want to tell us we don't just believe but we know that our pastor our apostle has a lot more treasure that you've already put into his heart and we with trembling wait for that day and that hour when we will hear the word and be clothed into that word but today we thank you for the word that we hear and that we are able to establish within ourselves by confessing it with our mouth 
for our body, for our soul, and for our spirit. And we pray, Lord, that the soul of this holy person be bound with your life, that the life of every holy person that is in this place, who has a weakness today, an illness, that you show your mercy, and we run to you, and we approach you in those areas where we have need, and we pray that in the atmosphere of the fear of the Lord, you would be able to be merciful toward us, and show your wrath, demonstrate your wrath over the enemy and the old man and the illnesses, weaknesses, untimely death, and human and demonic fear, phobias, all kinds of depression, error and ignorance, all of these things, pour out your wrath upon our enemies and we thank you that you can because we have created the atmosphere where your throne can be. This place is your ark and our heart is your ark because we have placed, we have brought into our heart your fear and it abides there continuously. And we thank you, our great God, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us finish with our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.